listening to the Sly Dog Music Cast. Now here's your host, the Sly Dog. Hello and welcome back to the Sly Dog Music Cast. I'm your host, the Sly Dog, and joining me, I'm really psyched to have from the Tramps Like Us Bruce Springsteen podcast, Mr. Lee McCormick. Lee, how you doing? Hey, pretty good, Alex. How are you, man? How's it going, eh? I'm doing great. I'm, re- I'm ready to talk some rock and roll. And before rock we do roll. that, do that. I got to I got to plug your awesome podcast real real quick, Tramps Like Us. Uh, so tell people about your podcast a bit. Well, Tramps Like Us, obviously, it's a Bruce Springsteen podcast. I've been doing it for about six years now. And uh, yeah, just a huge Springsteen fan. I love all kinds of music. And, you know, Springsteen is one of my favorites. So I started this Springsteen podcast five, six years ago, just because there was a void in Springsteen podcasts. I knew he had a rabid fan base. And there's so much material to talk about and go in depth on, right? So Springsteen was kind of the way I got into this podcast community. Uh, over the last five, six years, I've done sidecasts, which I, are called Rockin' and Rollin' and Whatnot, where I talk about non-Springsteen topics. So uh, yeah, it's been semi-bi-weekly for the last five or six years. And uh, yeah, we've got about 150 episodes and it's been a lot of fun. Nice, nice. Yeah, and they're, yeah. they're all really great too. Do you have anything coming up for uh, the No Nukes release that's coming out? Yeah, I'll probably have to do a review episode about that. I'm really excited for that. Uh, no Nukes is a concert he did in 79. And it's like the, almost like the peak of like the 70s era E Street band, right? So there's this new uh, Blu-ray coming out with all, all the, f- the video footage has been uh, like uh, redone and like cleaned up and it looks great. And there's an album coming out too, like a live album with it. So uh, yeah, it's really exciting to get like an archival release from Springsteen like that. It's going to be awesome. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, be on the lookout for that, guys. But, but, but today we're going to talk about one of your other favorite bands, and that's the Stray Cats. And I want to do this with you because you are a passionate, passionate Stray Cats fan. I mean, I've heard you on the Pods and Saws Network uh, doing the uh, six-pack episode. Like, you are, I can tell easily, this is definitely like a band that means a super, super great, great deal to you. Yeah, like, no doubt about it. They're my favorite band. Like, if I could do a Stray Cats podcast, I would rather do that than Springsteen. But, you know, this is, this is probably not a, not a big enough fan base or the material is not there like there is for Springsteen. But without a doubt, the Stray Cats are the one band that I would say is my favorite band. You know, they've, uh, <laughs> they just bring me so much joy. I just think they're so unique. They're so uh, original. You know, they're, they're such great musicians. And they really... Uh, brought rockabilly music to the forefront you know 25 years after its you know prime and origin there in the 50s and the spray stray cats were that band that kind of uh, brought the rockabilly revival around in the 80s and you know for my money they're the best rockabilly band ever no one has ever been able to touch the stray cats they're the, they're the greatest rockabilly outfit ever you know i think I, I agree with you there i don't think anyone's ever been able to reach the heights that they that they rose to like they managed to like rockabilly you, you know was kind of popular in the, in the late late 50s early 60s era but it wasn't like i don't i wouldn't say there were many like rockabilly top 40 hits like the stray cats were like a phenomenon in yeah. the 80s like when you've got you know stuff like duran duran and michael jackson and prince and you know not, not taking anything away from that music but this was so outside of that yeah. and something that like happened like what then was a long time ago it would be like the equivalent of you know kind of like the synth sound coming back now so that was something i always found really cool about them like they were risk takers in a way they no one else was doing what they were doing so absolutely okay. like the like rockabilly music was created in the 50s right the original the original legends of rock and roll elvis presley carl perkins johnny cash buddy holly little richard jerry lee lewis all these guys were creating rock and roll 
and this subgenre subgenre of rock rockabilly within uh, rock and roll, kind of involving country music, jazz, and blues. And it was a very specific style. And as rock and roll kind of evolved in the late '50s, the rockabilly category kind of became more of a like a niche genre, right? And it was kind of just referred to as rock and roll. But when you got really specific, thinking about rockabilly, you're thinking about Gene Vincent, Eddie Cochran. There's a there's a distinct style with rockabilly, and you know the Stray Cats really brought that to the forefront in the '80s. And like you were saying, amongst all the other crazy stuff that was going on in the '80s. The Stray Cats were just as crazy being this three-piece band playing like Gretsch guitars and like a stand-up drum kick and an, an acoustic doghouse bass. Like no one had seen, played a bass guitar or seen or played a bass guitar like that in 25 years. So it was incredible when they came out and they just blew me away as a young kid. That's a good, that's a good uh, lead in right there. What, when did you jump on? Did you jump right on when uh, Bill for Speed came out or were those, yeah. uh, you're, you're in Canada, were the, the first two albums available to you like when they came out or did you jump in on Bill for Speed? It was Bill for Speed. That was 82. And that was the, the U.S. Canada release. Uh, we'll probably talk a little bit more, but they had first two records released uh, in Europe and England. And I had no idea about those records. Maybe they were available on import over here, but I was too young to kind of be in the scene. Right. Yeah. So, you know, but I was listening to the radio and watching uh, MTV and much music is, and this is the Canadian version up here. And, you know, seeing that Rock This Town video, I was like, oh, my God, who are these guys? Because they really embodied everything that I loved. Like I was a big Elvis fan. I was I loved jo uh, like Johnny Cash and Buddy Holly and all these 50s guys. And then when I heard the Stray Cats, I was like, oh, my God, here are young guys playing this music, writing their own songs. And, you know, they're kind of playing it better than the guys in the 50s, right? You listen to Setzer on guitar, you listen to his voice, you know, the way Lee Rocker slapped that bass and Slim Jim, like on the drums, it was so original. They had the style, leather jackets, they had great hair, they had tattoos. So, so I was all on board, right? And the songs were so good. So yeah, that, that Built for Speed album was my first introduction and still like a, like a Desert Island for me. Desert Island album for me, right? I, I just love it. Hell yeah. Yeah, I love that record too. Uh, I came in a bit later. I was always aware of them. Like my dad had that uh, Greatest Hits records, that record that came out on Curb Records, I think in the 90s. And I knew Stray Cat Strut and Rock This Town, but I didn't really like pay much attention to them outside of that. But then uh, in the pandemic, I really started like, I have more time to dive into bands. And uh, shout out to the Rock Solid podcast. Uh, Pat Francis interviewed uh, Slim Jim Phantom. And I listened to the interview and I really enjoyed it. And it really got me thinking about like what we were talking about, like what trailblazers they were in the eighties, like the, the balls it took to come out with that sound then. And that kind of like re like reignited something. I mean, like, I like those two songs. Why don't I check out this band a little deeper? And I started to do that and I really enjoyed them. I really enjoyed what I was hearing this like lively, vibrant rock and roll music, but it was a bit different. It had a bit of a twist to it. That slap bass gives a different sound. The drums are very sparse, but huge. Setzer's guitar playing was incredible. And I think he has a great voice too. So all of that really hooked me in. And then I went back and I checked out some older Rockabilly too, which thank you for recommending those records. Those were fantastic. Uh, so yeah, I've been kind of like following the band then ever since. Like I've been getting the solo releases. I went and saw Lee, Lee Rocker in July. And that was a really great show. I'm actually going to go see Slim Jim Phantom's band in November. I'm looking forward to that. That'll be fun. So yeah, I really enjoy them. They bring me a lot of joy right now. And uh, I wanted to dive into this whole discography and I've really enjoyed that. And I'm looking forward to talking about these albums. Yeah. The other thing too, about the Stray Cats in the early eighties too, was they had an edge, right? They were different than the fifties guys because they were, 
they were kind of raw like they had like a rebellious like almost like a punk vibe to them right like leather jackets switchblades like they were singing about rumbles and stuff like that right so it's very they had this kind of hard kind of punk vibe too which i really appreciated as a, as a young adolescent kid right i was just like oh these guys are badasses too right oh yeah totally like everybody like when you think about the original rockabilly scene they were kind of clean cut in the way they dressed and yeah you, the punk well, well, that's the that's the image they they wanted you to see but they were actually like badass fucking guys too right <laughs> they were they, oh, were, yeah. they were the they were the original punks but they wanted you to see this kind of clean image right <laughs> exactly yeah yeah and that and i think that sound comes through actually like even if there's a bit of a punk sound i think on that first album which we'll get into in a second but before we jump into that i wanted to uh touch on a little brief history before we went album by album so they were formed in 1979 by brian setzer lee rocker and slim jim phantom uh, Brian came from a new wave band called the Bloodless Pharaohs. Uh, they, and I believe he said in an interview once they used to close their sets with a rockabilly tune. And Brian liked that so much, he decided to build a whole band around it. And they kind of developed a following around New York. And eventually they heard there was this revival of like 50s rockabilly and the Teddy Boy youth subculture in the UK. So they went over to the UK and kind of started to build a following there and eventually got signed to Arista. Did yeah, just... pretty much. Like they were they were playing around New York City and there wasn't a scene for like rockabilly bands there. So they were playing these like just like watering holes where like guys would finish their ship from work and they would go, you know, drink beer. And Setzer would be like, I got this band. Can we come in and play? And they, he was so good. Like they would do all these like 50s rockabilly covers and they would entertain like the working class stiffs. Right. And they kind of built a following that way. And then they met, met this bartender uh tony higby might be his name he was a bartender and he knew about the england scene so he told them all about that he's the guy that kind of brought them over come to england let's start there and they kind of went over there and they slept in porno theaters and they were kind of squatters and they started the scene there right and they they were right off the bat they had like lemmy and the rolling stones were like big fans and coming to their shows so it was a, it was a big scene as soon as i got there oh yeah like they they managed to like attract quite a following over there like almost it's interesting like it seems like they had two takeoff points like that first one in in the uk and then when bill for speed comes out a couple years later which is i think is really interesting like they they kind of like came to america like already like ready to go they left america season yeah they were seasoned yeah. they had a couple of years under their belt and a, and a really hot show and all their stick ready to go right oh yeah totally so uh let's let's jump right into the album so up first, we got uh, released uh, February 1981. We got the self-titled Stray Cats album. by Dave Edmonds of Rockpile. I think this is one of their best albums. I love the sound. They sound like a young, hungry band that's just 
eager to get out there and like they sound like they'll kick your ass too which i love and there's that slightly like punkish edge we were talking about like i think storm the embassy almost to me sounds more like a like a clash song than it does a rockabilly song which is really cool well that was the song you were talking about the bloodless pharaohs that he was in with his brother gary setzer was in that band and setzer was uh kind of just a guitar player in that and storm the embassy is a song that they used to do so that's kind of like a punk song back in the late 70s they used to play with that band and the you know uh uh, repurposed it with the cats in England there. I had no idea. That's really cool. But I mean, this is a great album, like uh, Run, Runaway Boys, Kicking It Off, like just such a, a great song. It's just a, the vibe on that. Fishnet Stockings, uh, you know, Genie, 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 Eddie Cochran cover. You got Rock This Town, like one of the greatest rock and roll songs ever in the history of music. Oh, uh, yeah. Brighton, Straight Cat Strut, like Double Talking Baby. Like, so this one is packed. Like it's got five or six like mega Stray Cats hits on it, right? Oh, yeah. It's got like six originals and six covers and all of them are great. There's not a bad song in the bunch, in my, in my opinion. Uh, I got a shout out. Uh, yeah, you hit a lot of my highlights, but I got a shout out. Uh, I like You Beggy Stomp on here a lot. I know it's a cover, but I like their version of it quite a bit because uh, it's so different than the one I, I knew for a long time. The version I knew was the Alice Cooper cover. So to hear them do this kind of like oh, slow, yeah. slow down, primal sounding version, I don't know. It's really cool to me. I love I think it's. Is it Slim Jim Phantom that's doing those like Wah! in the background? Yeah. Is that, yeah, I love that. It's so cool. Yeah, Slim Jim banging and howling, all those yells off the mic and stuff like that. It was so great. That's Slim Jim. And let's talk about Slim Jim for a second. He's a very unique drummer. He had a very limited kit, uh, I believe, uh, kick drum and crash cymbal and uh, hi hat and a snare, right? Yeah, rarely a hi hat, right? The hi hat he would bring out for a special occasion. Right. Like uh, if, you see, if you see him live, they would wheel a hi-hat for a couple of songs. You would play hi-hat on. But like in the early days, like he just had a, like one cymbal and a snare drum. He didn't even have a bass drum. Right. And they kind of just they brought a bass drum. But it's, it's just so, um, an amazing thing the way he's playing that way. And he kind of actually got it from they were looking at a picture of Gene Vincent and the Blue Caps, a, a photo of Gene Vincent with his band posing there. And Dickie Harrell was standing up and he was posing behind a snare drum. Like he never played like that. He just posed like that for the picture. Right. Slim Jim oh. saw that, saw, thought it was so cool. So when they were putting the cast together, they wanted to kind of have this vibe. You know, let's let's not be like all those other 
heavy metal bands that are around and, and like all the gongs and the electronic drums and you know filling the stage let's just strip it down i'm gonna stand up we're gonna like have that sort of interaction and the cool thing about the cats is when you see them live it's the three guys all on the front line right it, it's not set up like a regular band it's just three guys so there's that kind of interaction which is very unique and you know slim jim is one of my favorite drummers i'm a, a drummer myself and he doesn't play anything flashy, but he plays the perfect thing for the perfect part. You know, he's got that rockabilly swing. He's got a, you know, he looks great. His hair is always combed, right? He's got the whole, he's the total package, right? And it really fits well complimenting, uh, you know, Brian and Lee, who are the kind of musicians in the band, the guys in the band that can really play, you know, but Slim's, Slim's the cool guy, right? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. And they all, they all exude cool. Like in those early videos and photos, like they look like the coolest gang in town. They really do. Like I love, I love this album cover too because it's so grimy and dirty, but at the same time, it's very minimal. So it's punk man, dark. leather jackets. They're in like a, like an underground garage or something like that. They're kind of Setzer's looking over his shoulder, giving you a look. Right? It's, it's badass. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah, it looks like guys you wouldn't want to fuck with. So uh, I also love. I got to shout out Setzer's guitar work on this album. He's honestly become. I put him in my top 10 favorite guitarists now since I really started listening to him. I think he, he plays, it's both flashy and tasteful. Like it's not like the, like nothing against Ingve Malmsteen, but it's not like a million notes a minute, but he can play a lot and it sounds really cool and it fits the song or he can play a little and it sounds really cool and fits the song. I love that. I mean, he's the greatest. He's my favorite guitar player. He's been my favorite guitar player since the early eighties. You know, it's just like, when he takes a solo too, especially live, it's almost like he can't get all the licks in that he wants to. Like he's just, he's on fire. He's just up and down the neck, all the technique, right? The jazz chops he has, uh, you know, the, the, the rock and stuff he does. So the mix of the jazz and the country licks and, and the rock and roll and the blues coming together, right? It's just amazing. And if you follow Setzer all through his career, like he really took off in the nineties when he went solo and started fronting a big band and all that stuff. I know we're talking about the cats, but you know, Setzer, his talent cannot just be contained within the straight cats, right? He's got so much talent. On that oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, like it, I, I realized that I realized that too, getting into like the straight cats too. Like he has so many different facets, like, and I think that's why we'll get to it later, but like he felt the need to break them up after that rant and rave album, which we'll get to. But for now, uh, to wrap this all up, I always do a favorite and a least favorite. Lee, what's your uh, pick from the album as a favorite? Because I'll put a little clip of it right here. Oh, what am I going to pick, man? It's hard not to pick Rock This Town. I know it's like the, the hit, the, the rock and roll all night for Stray Cats. I mean, I don't know. It, it'd, be, be, it'd be between that one and, and Runaway Boys. Maybe Runaway Boys because it's got a bit of a tougher edge and it was their first single. Probably those two, Rock This Town or Runaway Boys are my favorite. 
All right, I'll make Rock This Town the intro song before we talk about the album, and then Runaway, Bo- Runaway Boys will be your pick. So my pick's going to be uh, Rumble in Brighton. song's just heavy and i love it it's in your face and i love i love the storytelling of it because i can imagine it happening i can see the two gangs coming together to get ready for the fight and i can see them all wiped out at the end going to get a beer it's like a movie and it sounds it sounds great and that was also when i saw lee in july that song was a huge highlight when he went into that like man like the room lit up it was awesome yeah that's the tough song for, for many times i've seen them live a bunch of times and they usually open the show with that one the last tour i saw they actually closed like the show with that like that was the last song of their encore so that was kind of different but uh yeah that's a tough one man that's a tough song hell yeah uh least favorite is hard but i'm gonna go with and it's not that i really dislike this song it's just the one that i kind of i remember the least and that's crawl up and die yeah i'd go with you there just looking through them like i love all these songs but crawl up and die would be the one i would uh pick as my least favorite for sure nice so yeah that album did really well in the uk and europe performed great and then just months later, not even that month, not even a year later, uh, we get released in November Produced by Hyde Hoven. To me, this album's a little different. It sounds a little more raw. It doesn't have the same like big open sound the first album has, but it's really interesting to me too. It's a very quick follow-up. It didn't perform quite as well. Maybe it was too much too soon, but I do think this album has a lot of good highlights. Little Miss Prissy, You Don't Believe Me, Rev It Up and Go. I love the instrumental Wicked Whiskey and the ballad Lonely Summer Nights, I think hits just right closer to the end of the album. What do you think of this one? I mean, it's great. It's more of the same. It's it's definitely like a, it's kind of got that sophomore slump that most bands have. The second album is not as good as the first one, but it's, it's 
quite similar. The missing ingredient would be Dave Edmonds, I think, on this one. Dave Edmonds is a big part of that first album and uh, a few more albums to come as well. And he really understood how to capture that sound, right? He, Dave Edmonds was a big rockabilly fan. He knew that these guys were going for that Sun Records 50s rockabilly sound. And you think, you know, they could have, uh, with the wrong producer, he could have really ruined the Stray Cats, right? With some of those oh, 80s. Yeah recording techniques and stuff like that but the opposite happened whereas uh dave edmonds really knew how to, to uh you know get the sound that they wanted so i think that's a little bit missing from this album but i love baby blue eyes that's the opening track is uh it's a cover of a johnny burnett trio that would be my favorite song it's such a such a good just <laughs> man the playing on that and the, and the groove is so great Yeah, this song we'll talk about a little bit later, but I didn't have these records until later. So like I built for speed was my first record. And then I went back and heard these first two records and uh, you know, I love them. Great album cover on this where they're standing outside of that diner oh, yeah. looking like badasses, black, black uh, shirts, sleeves cut off and motorcycle boots. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. I love the photo on the back too. I think, I don't know. I find it kind of funny. They're sitting in this diner and they all look a little sunburned. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, at first I thought I had a bad like uh, printing here, but I looked online. No, this is this is actually how they looked. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, this this album's cool. I don't think it's as good as the first one, but it's good. My pick's gonna be uh, I'm gonna go rev it up and go. I love that song. <laughs> And uh, for least favorite, I'm going to go with uh, Crazy Mixed Up Kid. Yeah. I, lo- I love the modulation on Rev It Up and Go, right? Each verse, he moves up a key, it's, so it keeps getting higher. It, like, it's, it's the progression is really awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, jump, it keeps jumping, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what am I going to pick? Well, obviously, Baby Blue, Baby Blue Eyes would be my favorite. In the early 80s, they would open some of their shows with that. The first time I saw them, they opened up with that. So uh, that's, that's, a, that's a big one. Yeah. Uh, my least favorite, probably Crazy Mixed Up Kid as well, or maybe Wicked Whiskey. Maybe Wicked Whiskey. That's a great instrumental. instrumental. That's hard to pick, man. It's, all these are good. I'll, yeah, go the, crazy, I'll go Crazy Mixed Up Kid, though, as well. Yeah, yeah. The, these early records are really good. It's, it's, it'll, it'll, there's a few records where it's easier, but, uh, man, man yeah. these early ones are hard. Uh, and I got to ask you before we move on, what was the, when was the first time you saw them? What was the tour? 
I was the Rant and Rave Tour in 1984. Oh, I nice. I saw them at uh, Canada's Wonderland, Kingswood Music Theatre up here in Toronto. And uh, Teenage Head opened up. That was an amazing show. It was probably only my fourth or fifth concert. But wow. uh, my, dad, my dad took me to that. My dad loved the Stray Cats, too, because he loved all that 50s music as well, right? So when the Stray Cats came out, he was like, oh, these guys are great. So that was a really uh, a big thrill. My dad took me to see that in 84. That's incredible. And just, I have no idea, like, because that's so long ago for you. But I'm curious. I heard that Brian was actually playing certain solo songs that would end up on the Night Feels Like Justice on, the, on that tour. Do you know if he played anything that ended up on that record that night? No, definitely not then. I would have noticed that. And uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty all straight cats at that time. It was right when the, it was like summer 84, like Rant and Ray was huge, you know. So yeah, he wasn't, I don't think he had the solo stuff on his mind yet. Ah, okay. All right. Well, next we move forward to the one that broke it up here in North America, and that's released June 1982, Built for Speed. songs from the first two albums and and adds built for speed the title track this broke them wide open in the u.s uh rock this town and stray cat strut were big hits on it on mtv and this was a lot of people's jumping on point for the band yourself included uh we talked about most of the songs on this album uh, but i have to say i think what makes this great is they managed to make a selection of tracks that it doesn't feel like a compilation it feels like all of these songs belong together and i think that's what's great about this record Oh, that's my favorite Stray Cats record for sure. If that counts, I mean, it's, it's kind of a compilation of the first two records with one new song. The one new song, Built for Speed, is my absolute favorite Stray Cats song. So, you know, that's that's amazing. And, you know, everything about that record, the cover, you know, I, I just remember being a little kid looking at the back and seeing those pictures of them and the tattoos. And there's that one thing where Slim Jim's like dancing with fire and <laughs> all the, the, the pinup girls and all that stuff. It's just amazing. I love the credits too. Uh, Brian Setzer strumming and crooning, Slim Jim Phantom banging and yelling, and Lee Rocker slapping and howling. Oh, yeah. That's awesome, man. <laughs> it's just the coolest. I love this record. Uh, it's funny. I didn't, I didn't get this one until, uh, like, I think, I think it might have even been after, right after I saw Lee, I went and picked this up at Amoeba. And I had kind of, like, thought, well, it's a compilation. I have the first two albums. Do I really need this? And then I heard him play Built for Speed live, and I'm like, yeah, I need this. And then getting it and listening to it, I was like, okay, I see what the hype's about with this one. Uh, everything works together. 
everything works together on this album. So I don't think we'll do a favorite and least favorite. I'm just going to say my favorite's Built for Speed because I fucking love that song too. Yeah. Nice. So uh, that album, like I said, Broken Wide Open, uh, I think even... I read somewhere that like it was so big. The only thing that kept out of number one was Thriller. Like, I think it was that big of an album for them. Like yeah, they were superstars. It, it was huge. I mean, and it was so original. Like it's, it's hard to imagine back then if you weren't there, but you know, 1982, 83, you know, the, the stuff that's on MTV wasn't like that. Right. So right. It, it was just amazing to hear this type of music again and have they're having hits and the, their videos were so cool right straight cat strut and rock this town and yeah the guitar play, oh, it was just an amazing time going back to those days right yeah it was really like it was a golden age for music and th- that could, that that could even happen then i think is amazing to me like i sometimes wonder like could someone like bring back like resurrect like a because rockabilly is kind of a niche thing in a way could resurrect like a niche sound right now and get it on the charts like i wonder that sometimes could there like and it wouldn't even have to be like rockabilly like just some kind of niche sound that we don't see a lot anymore maybe like doo-wop or something like well if you if, if you got good songwriting and you're good musicians you could bring back anything right like well sets are brought back you know big band orchestra music in the in the 90s right <laughs> that's true yeah that's very true the what was the, the dirty boogie that was the big album right yeah. And that was the thing, too, about the Stray Cats is that they had good songs, right? There were other rockabilly bands like the Tom Cats and Robert Gordon and, uh, you know, I forget, I forget who else, but there were Cramps. a few other rockabilly. Yeah, but they didn't have songs. Right? They didn't have hit songs or they were doing covers and you, Shaking yeah. Stevens. You can only get, only get so far with covers, right? But these guys had bona fide like rock and roll classics. Stray Cats, Strut, Rock This Town, you know, it's so, you know, they, they deserved everything they got. It was, it's amazing. And that's an important thing too. The songs don't feel dated. They still feel fresh. They feel as fresh as they did when they came out. Yeah, it's rock and roll, man. It never, it'll never die. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was that was a big album for them. And then, so the next record they go, well, let's get Dave Edmonds back to produce because, hey, the formula works. And on August 15th, 1983, we got my favorite Stray Cats album, Rant and Rave. Hey man. this one a lot uh there are a lot of these songs on that grace heads collection i started with so i kind of have a soft spot for a lot of, a lot of these the band just sounds like they're firing on all cylinders they still sound they sound really confident like oh yeah we've just had we just had success what else can we do because i feel like they expanded the sound on this album a bit there's a, some horns on like uh what's that song I, I look at that cadillac like there's horns on there they kind of do a country tune with 18 miles to memphis which i just love uh, i think that song's kind of funny and then you got kind of like a slow 
burn 50s ballad like i won't stand in your way with yeah. the do off yep. yeah and 14 karat gold like man this album is all over the place and i think it's incredible for what it is i think it's a great follow-up uh i think some of their best songs on here are on here what do you think of this one yeah i mean i love this one like by this time i was a huge stray cats fan so i was waiting for this one i knew it was coming out you know i was ready for it. they got dave evans back uh it's amazing the hits like uh, sexy and 17 look at that cadillac was great once again more great videos right there they made some great videos really funny uh, oh, they're yeah. very uh photogenic these guys right they take a good picture <laughs> they got a lot of style like good hair good good jackets good tattoos right but oh i played this record so many so so over and over and over for 83 and 84 Right, the packaging too, that cover was so cool oh, yeah. where they're stealing hubcaps, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the 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 back photo where they're where they're all standing like down an alley, and the the inner sleeve where it's got the uh like the Ed uh, Big Daddy Roth, like uh, hot rod style cartoon of them in the in the hot rod car, right? And all that stuff. Oh, it's great. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I, I gotta get this on vinyl because I I, I just just to see that because that sounds really cool. Yeah, I love this one. Yeah, uh, the record had a hubcaps hubcap center for the record label too. Oh, that's sick! I love it. Very cool. Yeah, yeah, I love that the record opens with the sound of the hot rod too. Like you know right away, like oh, here we go. Like th- th- there's no there's no slump here. This is a, this is going to be a big one. Um, I don't think it did quite as well. Like it had hits. Uh, Sexy and Seventeen was a big hit, and I won't stand in your way. Did like I think got in the top forty two, but I don't think it sold quite as well as Built for Speed did. Yeah, probably not. Who knows? Who knows about sales? Yeah. It was great though. And like I said, that was the tour I saw, and uh, it was great. I remember they on the, the stage they had all these garbage cans set up, so it was it looked like they were like playing in an alley. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. I love I love that yeah, trash uh, cans and stuff. Yeah. What's your favorite? Oh, favorite. That's gonna be tough, man. I I love something's wrong with my radio. You know, nice. I love the live version of that because the live version they really just fucking tear it up on the live version. But I love the way it starts with the radio searching for a song and it comes in. I love she's sexy and 17. I love the hits, right? Like I can't like, you know, I know it's sometimes it's not cool to love the hits, but I love the hits, man. Sexy and 17 just, oh, it just gets my blood boiling. I'm going to go sexy and 17. Great choice. Yeah. I love that opening too. Hey man, I don't feel like going to school no more. Oh yeah. No <laughs> way daddy-o, all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. I love it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Honorable mention the two hip gotta go. I love that one. That's got, that's a nice bouncy rockabilly uh, vibe on that one. Two hip gotta go. Love that song. Uh, I'm going to go with, I love the opening track. I love Rebels Rule a lot.
that one is just it sounds like a call to arms like like a gang thing it sounds really really cool i love that and like i said i love the hot rod sound and i'm gonna do an honorable mention too i love 18 miles to memphis a lot i think that song is funny and i love the kind of country vibe that's going on there yeah and that, that song's just great i yeah. love it i love the line where he goes we'll have 14 steak and eggs 14 orange juice 14 cups, cups of coffee, of coffee. <laughs> so great yeah let's get back on that bus this is one place i really want to see man yeah, yeah that man. song is just fun uh least favorite uh, this one's tough like this is the hardest one for me to pick a least favorite on uh maybe how long how long you want to live anyways but even that one i kind of like yeah i pick that one or dig dirty doggy but i love both of those ones it's hard to pick yeah. worst least favorites man yeah uh i'll go dig dirty doggy just to be different but you know, okay I- <laughs> <laughs> nice yeah great record and if you're diving in this is like after I'd, I'd say start with the first one and then get this one and build for speed because th- those those would be i think the holy trinity of albums in my opinion uh but after that so after this tour i believe brian breaks up the band at least that's what i've read maybe i'm wrong but that's very much what i got he wasn't into it anymore so they split and we got brian doing a solo album called the knife feels like justice Slim Jim and Lee did Phantom, I always say say the name wrong, Phantom Rocker Slick. They did two albums with that. Yeah, with Earl then, Slick. Earl Slick, the guitar player. He's with David Bowie on Let's Dance, that area. 
Yep. And I do like both the solo records that came out in that era. I like, I like the Phantom album a lot. I think it's really good. And I think the night feels like justice while it's different from what the Stray Cats did. It's really cool to hear that side of Brian. It's a little more, it's a little more roots rock. It's a little more in line with maybe like a Bruce Springsteen or a John Mellencamp. Yeah. I think, I don't know if he busted up the Stray Cats. Who knows the reason why he did that, but I think he really wanted to try some different things and he kind of felt, you know, a little bit stifled pigeonholed into this rockabilly thing with the stray cats so i mean i really love night feels like justice going with this kind of heartland sound expanding some of his songwriting uh things you know kenny aronoff played drums on that record i love kenny a lot uh title track is great there's some great stuff on that Bar- barbed wire fence uh, maria uh yeah. boulevard of broken dreams i think is on that one some yeah. great stuff but i mean I got to say, when I first, I love it now. When I first heard it, I was disappointed because, I mean, I got the record and he's standing there with that orange Gretsch guitar. So, I yeah. mean, I was, I was expecting some more rockabilly. That's not what I got. But, uh, you know, it's still pretty cool. What did you think of uh, Phantom, Rocker, and Slick when, when that came out? Yeah, I didn't get that one when it came out. I got that probably four or five years later, late 80s, early 90s, when I was, you know, started collecting records seriously. And I got both of those Phantom, Rocker, and Slick records. It's good. I mean, I like Setzer's a little bit better. But, uh, you know, it still holds up. There's a great song. Uh, is it My Mistake? Keith Richards plays on. I yep. Think, on that one. Yep, yeah. that's a great song. Yeah, there's yeah. some good stuff on there. And then I got to shout out Men Without Shame, too. I think that's a great song. Yeah, yeah. Nice. But ultimately, they ended up, uh, I believe the reason they came back together was, I think it was just they owed the label another album. So released in 1986, we got Rock Therapy. Well, I don't need a doctor. I don't need a pill. Anything you give me, babe, will only make me ill. I need rock therapy. I need rock therapy. I need rock therapy. Oh, give it to me. Oh, give it to me. Oh, give it to me. Well, I don't need vitamins. They don't stand a chance. Swinging with my baby, doing a rock and roll dance. This album is one of the two, I think there's two real oddities in the band's catalog, and this is one of them. Um, it seems very, I know this, I know they're your favorite band, so I'm sorry if you love this one, but they feel very stiff on this album. It feels like they're not having fun, and the covers feel kind of forced. Like, the last albums felt like the band was coming in all guns blazing, knife at your throat, we're here to throw down. This album to me feels a bit like, okay, we're doing this because we have to. But there are some good songs on here, but I don't know. To me, this this one just doesn't get me that excited. What do you think of this one? I, I like this one a lot. Uh, I remember being so surprised when I saw it in the record store. Like I, this came out in '86, I think, or '86. Yeah. So I remember being in a record store. I was 12 years old. I had no idea. I thought the Stray Cats were busted up. And I'm walking. I look up on the racks and oh my god, what is that? Stray Cats. I thought it was something I, I never heard of, something old or something like that, right? And, uh, you know, I look at them, like, all oh, their hair is long now. I look, oh, it's a new record. So I bought that right away. And, you know, I do love it. You can hear a few songs on this record could have fit on that Setzer solo album. A few of the oh, songs yeah. could have been on the uh, Phantom Rocker and Slick solo record. But there's some moments where they kind of be like, yeah, we're the Stray Cats. So some of those covers, like, uh, I'm looking for someone to love, uh, the Chuck Berry one. Yeah. Uh, you, know, you can hear them. Wow, these guys 
it's the Stray Cats. They have that sound, that rockabilly bounce, right? And that by this time, four or five years into their recording career, they're way better musicians, right? So I think they recorded this at Capitol in, in California. And it was, you know, the, the main studio there was Sinatra and all those guys recorded and uh, Gene Vincent. So, uh, you know, I think this is kind of a, a nice little, it's, it's kind of a nice little record. They kind of just put it out there. They didn't tour on it. There was no, like, no hoopla. It's just kind of this weird record in their, in, in their career, you know, but uh, there's some fun things on it for sure. Oh yeah, it's got it's got its moments for sure. I like the race uh, race with the devil cover a lot. I think that's yeah, a good, Gene good Vincent. One. Yeah, yeah. Yep, and I like the Chuck Berry cover too. I think is uh, beautiful, Delilah. Yep, that one's great. And uh, I'm a rocker is going to be my pick because that to me feels like the most Stray Cat song on the album. Well, out of love. That's a great one. That one I used in one of our Springsteen uh, podcast episodes. We did an episode talking about songs that have the same or same title, but a different song, right? So Springsteen has a song called I'm a Rocker. So I used this one. You know, I love, well, I probably might, might pick One Hand Loose. I love that one. That's a cover, cover too. Uh, rock Therapy, I love too. I think that's a Johnny Bennett song. I'm going to go yep. Rock Therapy. Rock Therapy title track is my favorite nice nice least favorite for me um that's tough uh just because like there's nothing really like i don't really dislike anything but there's just certain stuff on here that i'm just like eh and that's so uh, i'm gonna go with i want to cry it's my least favorite <laughs> yeah i was gonna pick that one too i'm looking at the tracks here and that's the one that kind of i can't really remember like i know all the other nine songs right so i'll, I'll go i want to cry as well yeah Honorable one- mention to Broken Man, though, that because uh, you got Setzer playing some banjo on that one. I thought that was a cool. With a pistol in his hand The heat was rising off the desert sand And it scorched the barren land Well, he packed up his bags and he headed west With a dream in his pocket he would ride The heat was rising on the desert sand From the truth he could hide Broken man, broken man With a pistol in his hand The heat was rising on the desert sand And it scorched the barren land 
Yeah, I love it. I love it when Setzer busts out the ban- banjo and he would do it more like later in his solo career. Uh, there, there's a song on the, on his new album that just came out called Rockabilly Banjo that I really love. Yeah. So, yeah. Talented guy, man. Give him anything with strings and he can tear it up. Hell yeah. So Rock Therapy, not my favorite, but I wouldn't call it a bad album either. It's a curiosity in their catalog. And after you've gone through the main albums, I recommend checking that one out. Yeah. You mentioned they didn't tour on that one. Did you, do you know, like, I don't know how into, into like music press you were at the time, but like, do you know, like, was there a lot of buzz around the album or like, probably not. Cause you just walked to the record store and there it was. Did like yeah. any of this end up on MTV? No, I don't think they made any videos for this. It kind of just came and went. It was just like this one little thing. They didn't, there's no, promo no hype for it no tour and then they were both back to doing solo records like in 87 so hmm. well i gotta say the next record uh blast off released in 1989 this is one of my favorites too i love this album this is more uh, like it kicks ass man for sure it's one of their most underrated in my opinion they just sound like they're on fire and it sounds like it sounds like they're having fun again which it didn't sound like that to me on rock therapy like the album is just a celebration of rockabilly and you feel that right from the outset with the title track you know and brian chugging guitar lee slapping the bass those incredible drums from slim man it just sounds like everybody's back again it sounds it sounds like the what what I think would be a follow-up to rant and rave it's just incredible like the title track gina Gene and Eddie became a classic, just live, like that's a fan favorite now. Rockabilly Rules, Slip, Slip, Slipping In. Uh, I love Nine Lives, because to me that sounds like the sequel to Stray Cat Strut. Like, it's just an album where they do what they do best, and they feel like they're like, they sound hungry again. It sounds like they're damn proud to be Rockabilly. Well, it's a proper reunion album, right? It's been about three or four years since uh, Rock Therapy and like five or six years since Rant and Rave. Since they've kind of been a proper band together, you know, this album, they did do a great tour on it. And it's a solid record. They got Dave Edmonds back to produce. The only thing I'll, I'll say, uh, take away from it is that the production is a little too 80s. You know, it's a little, it's got that like sort of 80s shine on it. I wish it would sound more like the earlier stuff that Dave Edmonds did with them, but you know, it's a, it's, that's nitpicking in it. But the song, the songs are great, you know, Blast Off Gina, like you said. Uh, Gene and Eddie's is the best. Rockabilly Rules, bring it back again. <laughs> slip, slip, slipping in. Great stuff, man. I was so excited when this record came out because by this time I'm like 15. I'm in my teen years, and I was ready for it to beat Straight Cat. I was ready for a Straight Cat's record, right? And this one was, uh, this one delivered. I played this so much that year, 89, 90. Wow, I was a huge fan back then. Nice. I, I love it. I love it. That's that's got to be one of those albums, like man, when you're 15. When you, when you get into an album like that, it becomes like part of the soundtrack of your life. So I'm sure this one probably like when you hear this, you're like, yeah. I can remember exactly where I was. So that's super cool, man. I love your and, stuff. And like from that. the from the first album, the Stray Cats were always my band, right? They were my favorite band from the first album. They've remained that way through all of 
the last 40 years. So at school, you know, I was always the big Stray Cats fan and, you know, I wore it on my sleeve. So when this album came out, I was like, yeah, I can, I can <laughs> hype the Stray Cats again in high school and stuff like that. Right. So it was awesome. nice. Yeah. As I, th- I think you mentioned, I might, and I might've misheard, but on the uh, Pods and Sods cast, did you, you saw this tour, didn't you? Yeah, I saw this tour. They played the concert hall in Toronto. Oh man, that was a great show. So, so great. Yeah, I was, I was losing my mind. I, I made a, I bootlegged it myself. I had a tape recorder shoved <laughs> down my pants and I bootlegged it. <laughs> so great. I was, oh, I was so hyped. And they were, they looked great. Like they're back, right? They had, I remember they were in these, uh, they all had great suits, like cowboy oh, yeah. suits. And like Slim Jim had a red one. Setzer had a green one. I think Lee Rocker had a blue one. So they had these, they had these like suits looking good and they put a crown on the street cat, right. For the, uh, the logo on the bass drum head. They did some hype. I remember they played a free show in Toronto. I didn't go to that cause uh, I think it was in school, but I remember seeing the footage and they played like a free show in Toronto at like an, an open uh, downtown square kind of thing. I remember they did hype on uh, the Arsenio hall show around that, that time. Oh, wow. Really cool. Yeah. So. That's crazy. Yeah. I was watching before we jumped on, I was watching footage of them on this tour in Helsinki. And yeah, those, those suits were badass, man. Like that, that green suit was just shining. Like all of them, like they, like they just, they almost didn't need lights on them. They were so bright. It was really cool. Yeah, man. The Rockabilly King, the Street Cats. Hell yeah. Nine. Yeah. So my pick, it, this is another one where it's hard to pick, pick a favorite, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go just, just to switch it up a bit. I'm going to go nine lives because it's so vibey and trippy. played that song actually when i was in college in the early in the mid 90s uh from one of my solo performance uh gigs i played that song so that was that was really cool nice nice that's a good one my favorite i gotta go gene and eddie well be Lula, she's my baby Else, man, you can't lose. I'm gonna race with the devil and maybe I'll win. 
it's one of the greatest rockabilly songs of all time, paying tribute to two of the rockabilly legends, uh, Gene Vincent and Eddie Cochran. And the way, you know, it's such a catchy song. It's a great sing-along on that chorus. And the way Setzer weaved all those licks from those Gene and Eddie songs into this to make up the song, right? You sing about oh, yeah. summertime blues, play the riff, right? Talk about something else, play that riff, race with the devil, play that little lick in there. You know, mess with Skinny Jim, play a little lick in there. That's just beautiful. I love that song. Yeah, that's one of my favorite parts about it. Like the references, like, like that's why I said this album is a celebration of rockabilly. It just stuff like that. It's like this is like we're rockabilly and we're proud. This is what we do. <laughs> yeah, so, great yeah. intro too, where he does that. Will be my palooza. So good, man. <laughs> great stuff. Uh, least favorite. <sighs> I, I I don't know, man. This is a, this is another hard one where I said uh, maybe Rockabilly World. Uh, yeah. that, that's the one I can't remember <laughs> looking yeah. at the track list. I'd go uh, Rocking All Over the Place is my least favorite. That's the one that's kind of got a like a straight eighth vibe. Everything else is pretty Rockabilly swinging with the, with yeah. the swung eighths, but the, that one's kind of got a, a straight eighth feel on it. So I'll pick that one. Rocking All Over the Place is my least favorite. Nice. Nice. So yeah, great record. Uh, highly recommend this one. Um, and they just sound great doing what they do, what they do again. Uh, didn't exactly blow up the charts, but uh, I think, you know, Blast Off and Gene and Eddie, they've become live favorites because when I look at live records, you know, that have come out, whether it's Brian Solo or the Stray Cats, those songs are on there. So they, they've held up. Uh, but next we get what in my mind, this is the most confusing album in the Stray Cats catalog to me. We got Let's go faster. released in japan and australia only in 1989 uh produced by nile rogers which in itself is strange lee's playing electric bass and no stand-up bass slim jim's playing a full kit and it's just different it's not really rockabilly it sounds really clean it's very produced um i feel like the band wanted to have a hit but maybe they didn't quite go about it the way they 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 should they should have because the rec the record to me just what makes the stray cats the stray cats isn't on here. Um, there's even uh, you know songs like Cross of Love which I really like that's one of my favorites. Um, that's a leftover from Brian's uh, solo stuff. In fact, you could hear the original version on that Brian Setzer uh, Grace Hits collection that came out. So yeah, this is a strange one. What what do you think of this one? Did you have this one back in the day? Well, not back in the day when it came out. Like it was an import, right? So I didn't get it till probably it was early nine early 90s after after the one that followed it i remember there was a store in toronto that opened up in the 90s i was buying so many cds back then and there was a store that was strictly imports 
Mm. So that's where I found this one. And I was just like, I, I probably hadn't even heard of it. It was out. Like I said, back, talk late 80s, early 90s. There wasn't that much hype for records. And if you, unless you had, you were reading like every magazine, every trade paper, you, sometimes you didn't know stuff was coming out, right? Especially an album like this where they didn't tour over in North America. I think they played a few shows in Europe and Asia, probably maybe only Asia. But, uh, and then a few of the songs resurfaced later in live shows and, and then for the follow up albums. But, Going back when I got it, it's Stray Cats. I love it. It's, you know, it's Brian Lee and Jim. Love those guys, right? And some great songs on here. Town Without Pity, I loved, which was a Gene Pitney cover. The yep. great singing by Setzer. Like, Setzer's voice, I think, gets overlooked because his guitar playing is so great. But he's a phenomenal singer, right? Fantastic voice on Brian Setzer. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. Uh, what else is on this? Thing, thing About You, I love. I thought that was a kind of a cool song. Uh, uh, Give It To Me, Let's Go Faster. You know, there's some good stuff on here, but it's not it's not one of their best, obviously. It doesn't really have the sound of the other albums as well. Nile Rogers was an odd choice. I, I, I tried to look that up before we spoke here to see if I get some research on that. I couldn't find much on it. Probably have to go to the source. We'll have to wait for that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> book or, uh, you know, maybe sometimes somebody can interview Nile and probably ask him, what was the deal with that Stray Cats record? <laughs> yeah, I'd, lo I'd love to know because, because Nile's great, but like, man, to produce a Stray Cats is such an odd move. But yeah, strange, strange album for sure. And you hit on something really important. The songs here are still good. Uh, it's just that maybe not really a Stray Cats record. It's just different. Uh, and yeah, I agree with you on Brian's voice. Like I, I studied voice for a long time. And I, I think he's got a really dynamic voice. He's good at like throwing in a rasp there and like sounding like really big, but he can like really, he can soften his voice too really well. Like a song, like I won't stand in your way. Like mm. just gorgeous. Like I, yeah, I agree with you. He's a, incredibly underrated vocalist great stuff man yeah yep. and they look cool they, they look cool on the cover oh yeah you know? that's that's great too they got leather jackets on they got their hair looking fine <laughs> yeah very cool this was hard to find this 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 was a difficult one for me to find too i think i won this in an ebay auction and i paid a lot for this one but yeah i enjoy it i enjoy it but i i wouldn't call it one of my favorites um favorite song i'm gonna go I'm going to go tight black leather. To me, that sounds like the, mo the most like a Stray Cat song. That's a good one. I love Give It To Me. Probably Let's Go Faster, I love. Uh, Baby, don't drag me down. Everything's coming around. I, I'm kind of, I kind of want to go with Baby, Don't Drag Me Down just because it's so odd. And I kind of love that one. Or Thing About You. I'm going to go Thing About You. It's another nice. one of those songs. It doesn't really sound, it's not rockabilly. It sounds like it could have been on a Setzer uh, solo record, but uh, I like that little mandolin part. <laughs> Thank you. 
got a thing about you Yeah, we'll take it to someone who knows He tries to track you down And when he finds you, girl, he's gonna do you wrong He knows the way you move, the way you smile And he feels the way I do about you He's got a thing about you Nice. Yeah, that that one's cool. That one was another one that uh do you have that Brian Setzer uh like 81 through like 97 collection? Yeah, the collection that's got that's on that one, yeah. Yeah, that that, that was where I first heard it. I, I thought that was really interesting too. Yeah, I love that song. Uh least good chorus, man. Good chorus. She's got a thing mm-hmm. about you. Oh, take it from me. <laughs> love it. Yeah. That, I I'm gonna, yeah, that, that's definitely my favorite now. That I give it a th- second thought. <laughs> nice. Uh, least favorite for me, this one was actually easy. Uh, the song that ends the album, Gonna Be Your Rock. I, weird, silly little song. Don't yeah, really I don't that have that one on my version, eh? You have that on that? Yeah. I have that, I have that song on like a, like a rarities comp, like a bootleg version, but mine ends with the Runaway Train. Huh. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, my, yeah my, mine's a Japan copy. It's got the uh, writing on it and everything. So oh, yeah. Solid. Yep. <laughs> yeah i need uh the one i'm missing still is uh well we'll talk about a little bit I'm, I'm still missing original cool but uh yeah that one's hard to find oh, yeah. too but yeah strange yeah, I'll, album. Pick, uh, I'll pick runaway i'll pick runaway train is my least favorite probably nice yeah strange album uh it's an interesting listen if you can find it and to find it is work it's not on spotify it's not streaming uh there's no like youtube music version of it for you to listen to you got to either find like where someone uploaded it or do like i did and hunt down, hunt down a copy it's 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 like the hidden out album like and like you said i tried to find stuff on it too like maybe an interview or like something with with nile but yeah there's nothing out there about this album it's almost like it doesn't exist in a way like like it's that far far of an outlier in their catalog but man did they the next album choo choo hot fish Man, did they do a 180? Because this album is freaking fantastic. Uh, released May 22nd, this record so much dave edmonds is back behind the knobs uh it sounds like the stray cats are reborn but they're a little more lean a little more mean with some new tricks up their sleeves the production's a little more modern but if anything the band sounds a little bit 
harder on this album like elvis on velvet that's such a hard song it chugs along uh please don't touch is a great cover uh sleepwalk is a gorgeous gorgeous instrumental i love that Memphis is great. Uh, I love the other instrumental on the album, uh, Jade Idol. And My Heart is a Liar is just a great, uh, gorgeous acoustic ballad. This is a... Heart is a liar for you. Yeah, that's a good one. Nice. Yeah, this is... I had this one like when I was really just starting to dive in last year. This is one of the first ones I got. And I really, really like this album. What do you think? Yeah, I love this one as well. This one was released kind of domestically over here in Canada. So I was able to get this one in 92. I saw them on this tour. I think I had like second row center. This is one of the best shows. One of the best times I've ever seen them was on this tour. They played the Danforth Music Hall uh, in 92, I think. I love Cry Baby. Yeah, Please Don't Touch. Lust and Love is a good one. Uh, yeah, it's the Stray Cats, man. It's a solid record. Mystery Train is good. The, uh, they close it with an Elvis cover. Uh, it's a good one. They close it with an Elvis cover and they start with Elvis on Velvet. I love yeah, that. Yeah, for sure, yeah. I have no Nothing idea. Wrong. I have no idea if that was intentional, but it's a really cool book ending to the album, I think. Yeah, man. So, yeah, great stuff. Yeah, this is... An, I don't an, get the title, though. I don't know what Choo Choo Hot Fish means. Choo so, Choo Hot Fish. Is it like, it, that sounds like a blues thing. It was a... Uh, they were staying at the Choo Choo Chattanooga Hotel when they were recording the album, and the restaurant they went to, their favorite uh, meal to order was the Hot Fish Sandwich, so they combined the two. Nice. Choo Choo Hot Fish. <laughs> yep. Great stuff. Yeah. One of the most unique album titles I think you could ever come up with <laughs> for sure. Uh, favorites are hard on this one again, but I'm going to go with, I love the song cross love.
I'm going to go with that. Nice. Cross the love. That's a good one. I think when I saw them, uh, they might have opened up with that song on this tour, if I can remember correctly. Nice. I'm going to go Cry Baby is my favorite. I love that one. That's one they've kind of always kept in the set list. Setzer does that on some of his solo gigs as well. Cry Baby is a good one. I think it was it's a sort of a cover it, it was not written by them but i don't think it was they were the first version of it but it wasn't written by them hmm. i think there's a story like that behind that song but the, yeah cry baby is a good one for i love that one a lot nice yeah i don't i don't know it's tough to pick at least favorite maybe beautiful blues yeah. uh because it's kind of like the acoustic cover in the middle of the album but even that one's not that bad but that's i'm gonna go with that one yeah i probably go can't go back to memphis just because it's kind of the least, the lesser of the rockabilly tunes on this one. I think uh, didn't Randy Bachman have something to do with that song. Maybe he did. Let me. Yeah, he wrote it. He wrote that song. Yeah, I think he plays oh, wow. on it too. Yeah, he wrote that song, and I think he plays on it too. Maybe. Shout out to BTO. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, he wrote that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I'll go with that. That is my least favorite, and uh, Crybaby as my favorite. Nice. So yeah, they. That one, it seemed like, unlike Let's Go Faster, like you said, they gave it more of a push over here. I don't think that it did, you know, like obviously what the albums in the 80s did, but it was, I think it's a fan favorite. I think it's an important album in their catalog and a really unique one too. Like if you want to hear them kind of try something else, but still sound like the Stray Cats, that's a good record to check out. For sure. Yeah, they were at that point where they're like, we can't just do 10, 10 rockabilly songs, even though I would have loved that. But they're like, yeah, let's throw a few cover, uh, a few different things in here, some ballads. Right, some straight eighth rock stuff. So, yeah, absolutely. But the next record, <laughs> kind of funny what you just said, was mostly straight rockabilly covers, original cool released in sure, 1993. Yeah. was just fun fun man uh i i got no issues with this record i think it's just a fun listen i i put it on today like someone uploaded the whole thing to youtube i put it on today while i was working yeah. and i was just singing along there's so many great tunes on here something else flying saucer rock and roll can't help falling in love bebop Lua. yeah this this is just a fun album what do you think yeah i mean i love this one this is one i got at that uh that import store i was telling you about i yeah. haven't opened this in a while i get, you get like a sticker with it Oh, wow. I like the Japanese obi and everything, like lyrics. Japanese, new, J J Japan really knows how to put out CDs, man. Oh, yeah. yeah but no, this, was, this was another surprise. I didn't know I didn't know this was even out, and I was just flipping through, and all of a sudden, what is this? Original cool. They, you know, they look badass on the cover, and then I flip it over, and it's all these, like, rockabilly classics. So, yeah, this one's, this one's great. Production on it is, uh, 
It's pretty good. It's got that kind of early 90s. It's a little too glossy for the Stray Cats, but I mean, it works. They play great on it. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, I got a shout out uh, before we do favorites. I really like this arrangement of Can't Help Falling in Love with the slide guitar. It's almost like the Stray Cats doing a country song, and it sounds fantastic. Brian's voice is great on it. Yeah, maybe is Jeff Skunk Baxter on this? I think he might have played. Yeah, he he produced that. You know, Jeff Skunk Baxter, Steely Dan, and Doobie Brothers. Yeah. Oh yeah. He he produced this with the Cats, and he plays a uh, steel guitar on that. Yeah. That's really cool. Nice. Yeah, love it. For sure. Love it. Yeah. So my favorite, I think, I think I gotta go with "Can't Help Falling in Love." That arrangement just really blew me away today. I think that's a great, great version of the song. Wise men say only fools rush in, but I can help falling in love with you. That's a good one. One thing me and my dad used to always talk about the Stray Cats is imagine if Elvis was alive, he would love to record oh, with wow. these guys. Imagine we always just say, imagine the Stray Cats with Elvis singing. You know, <laughs> it probably yeah. would have happened. You know, if Elvis was around and the Stray Cats were around in the 80s, he, you know, yeah. I always I always used to think like if Elvis had just been able to stay alive, maybe he could have took like 10 years off and just disappeared. And then all of a sudden, like 1988, he comes back for the 88 comeback special, right? And maybe yeah. he might add Brian Setzer in the band or something like that. That would have been amazing, you know? <laughs> that would have been incredible, yeah. That, yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting to think about that, too. Like, they, they were kind of, they just missed each other. Like, Elvis unfortunately passed. And then a couple of years later, the band formed. So they, they just missed each other, man. That's it. Yeah. I, I got goosebumps just thinking about, about that because that, that would have been so cool. Like imagine the comeback in music that would have been like, oh, yeah. that could have been like, you know, like one of the biggest, you know, moments in music history, like, you know, like for someone to have like a third or fourth wind in their career like that, like it could have been Elvis. With yeah. They would have done it too, man. Cause I mean, the, the cats have played with all those guys that were alive. Like they played with Carl Perkins and Jerry Lee and, and stuff like that so if elvis was around i'm sure you know elvis would have said i gotta play with these boys you know oh yeah totally yeah i, li- I like those cats they know what they're doing yeah. my favorite i'm gonna go with uh stood up ricky nelson cover i love that one stood up broken hearted oh, again it's got that nice little shuffle on there so uh yeah i love some of those early ricky nelson songs i'm gonna go stood up as my favorite <laughs> Not even thinking of me at all Stood up, broken hearted 
check out some of his stuff because i got lonesome tears too i love lonesome tears is a great one i actually covered that on my uh rock and roll party with moon violet record i did a cover of lonesome tears which is a johnny burnett trio song originally nice yeah that's a good one honorable nice. mention to that one hell yeah for sure yeah that that ricky nelson song i need to check out some of his stuff because man i that one really hit me today too like i was like i don't know the original of this one but man this is great so oh, you don't know the original stood up oh that's a classic man Got to play that one soon. Oh, yeah, totally. Got to find a nice, <laughs> like, Ricky Nelson, like, greatest hits collection to jump into. Check that out. Least favorite? Uh, like I said, this record is just fun, so I'm going to go with, I'm going to say Hidden Charms, the Chet Diddy, only because it's just kind of there. It almost long. doesn't count. It's, like, only 20 seconds. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's, like, 24 really... seconds. That's that's almost a cop-out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. If, if not that, I'm going to go Train Kept Rolling because it's a little slow. And yeah. I'm used to I'm used to that like Aerosmith one where it's like pumping really fast. Yeah, I can't pick a favorite, man. Like I could make a cop out and go Chet Diddy as well, but yeah, I can't pick another. All these are just Rockabilly classics. They deserve to be on there, man. I can't. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say too, and the other thing I liked about this record is there's lots of great shots of uh, Setzer's tattoos on this, right? Showing his sleeves on the back cover. He's wearing like a, a, a cutoff shirt, and you see his total left arm sleeve. And this is when I was getting into tattoos, and I was just like wanting to get more tattoos. And this is where my idea for sleeves, sleeve tattoos, started coming with this album. And I think uh, Social Distortion, seeing Mike Ness with sleeves, and Motley Crue too. I think Doctor Feelgood. Oh yeah. He's rocking rockers with like sleeve tattoos. I was like, uh, I need more tattoos. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was a, yeah, that, that era, man. Like Nikki wore that shirt where like, just like it, you could see like even on his chest, like it spread out. Yeah. That was a oh, really yeah, cool. Was so cool, man. Yeah. <laughs> it, like you think of it, like everybody's got tattoos now back in the, it wasn't very that pop. It wasn't that popular in the seventies, eighties. Right. For guys to have tattoos like on their forearms and stuff like that, like the straight cats, it was very rare for guys and then like you know late 80s early 90s guys started getting full sleeves and stuff like that right nice and i, I know we're not talking about him today but man is that johnny cash on your arm yeah it is i got johnny cash there yeah it's right that's beside awesome. my uh my straight cat tattoo i don't know if you can see that one. oh that's really cool <laughs> nice yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice i love it i love it that's great that's yeah. the other thing about the straight cats too eh? one of the best logos that cat face is the best right with with the pompadour come on Oh yeah, I would put that up there, like yeah, with my favorite, like favorite logos, like you know, Iron Maiden and Eddie, like it, yeah. it's almost like its own like creation, like that. So yeah, I agree, that's really cool. Yeah, it looks good on a bass drum head too, right? It does. It, it looks awesome. But yeah, <laughs> this was their last album for some time. I don't know if they toured behind this, but after this, don't think so. Yeah. Yeah, they kind of went their separate ways. Did solo stuff. Brian, you know, did the orchestra and had success there. And then did some solo rockabilly stuff later. They reunited in 2004 for the well, first time, I let think. Me, let me stop you there. They reunited in 97 for one show at oh. the House of Blues in Hollywood because Carl Perkins had just died, right? Wow. Which, I don't know, I don't know. The whole world should have shut down the day Carl Perkins died. So the Stray Cats were like, we got to play a show. So the Stray Cats got together for like one show in the 90s or, you know, after they broke up there in 92. Uh for this one show where they played, you know, they did up, you know, mostly, you know, Street Cats hits 
And then for the encore, they came out and they did like six Carl Perkins songs kind of thing, which is awesome. I have a bootleg of that. You know, it doesn't sound good, but it's good for the uh, historical significance, you know? That sounds incredible. Yeah. And I know how much Carl Perkins means to them because even, even when I saw Lee live, like uh, he did Honey Down right before he did it, he, he talked about working with Carl. And he's like, and he was talking about how important the musical is. And he said, because of that, every show, I feel like I got to do one Carl Perkins song. And he did Honey Don't. And it was fantastic. So, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, the importance of Carl Perkins to rockabilly music and rock and roll is uh, can never be understated. He, he's he's a legend, man. He should be celebrated every day. Oh yeah, and if people don't know about Carl Perkins, go check out the like Sun Greatest Hits album that came out in '87. That is just fantastic. That's a great listen. There's a show that happened. One of my one of the greatest musical performances ever happened in uh, I think it was '87. Setzer wasn't there, but Lee Rocker and Jim were a part of it. Where they had like a Carl Perkins and Friends in London of BBC. They, they taped this oh. concert with Carl Perkins and Ringo was there. Uh, Slim Jim, Lee, Lee Rocker was there on bass, Dave Edmonds, uh, Roseanne Cash, Eric Clapton showed up at wow. the end there. And they played like all these Carl Perkins songs and it's just the band is hot shit and they sound so good. And Carl Perkins, you can tell, is just, he, he's, he's actually visually moved. He cries at the end, right? At the end, this is one of the greatest moments ever. They're playing Blue Suede Shoes. And they wow. finished the song and he's on the camera and he's just like, I hope the cameras are still rolling, but I wrote that song exactly 25 years this month. And I have never had more fun playing that song than I have right now with my rockabilly buddies. And he, he wipes a tear out of his eyes. Oh, it's beautiful, man. <laughs> man, I, I got to see that. I hope that's up somewhere where it's made up to watch. Yeah, check it out. Carl Perkins and Friends. I think it's maybe not. I think it's around 85, 85, 86. They did that. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that sounds incredible. It's funny because yeah. you see Jim and Lee, they got their long hair because they're in Phantom Rocker and Slick. And they're like, we got to grow, we gotta grow our, our uh, pompadours out, man. So they got this long hair. <laughs> that's incredible. Yeah. Inc- that, that's, um, yeah. Wow. How do you follow that up? But yeah, so that was their one reunion show in the 90s. Then so 2004 was the next one, right? That tour where yeah. they, did, they did the that Rumble. Was a great up. tour. Great tour. Yeah. Did you see that one? No, they only played Europe, but I mean, it was huge. That, and that by this time, you know, the internet's around. So I was able to follow this, this tour I knew was happening, right? I was able to check set lists and all that stuff. And uh, yeah, man, they did like about 30 shows over there in Europe and uh, it was just amazing. And they put out a live record, which I know we're ta- not talking about live records here, but that live record is really, really hot. You know? Oh yeah. It's a great record. I love and it that. had one song that they recorded in the studio to release on that album, which is really good. It's sim- almost similar to uh, Gene and Eddie. It's a song called Mystery Train Kept a Rollin'. Yep. It's kind of a song about Sun Records, and they mentioned like Jerry Lewis, Jerry Lewis, and Sam Phillips, and Johnny Cash, and Elvis, and all that. Right? Yeah, that's another like great tribute song. Yeah, I love that. I love that one too. Yeah, even though we're not doing live records, check out Rebel and Brixton. Great record. Yeah. But then, so then they took time off again. Then I believe there was a 2008 tour with ZZ Top. Yeah, and... the Pretenders. I think they they played. Uh, I think they played Buffalo or Darien Lake, and I was I was I was gonna go see that, but something happened. I didn't get to that show. Damn. Yeah. So then they did that one. And then I think there was a farewell tour, like some years after that, like five years later. Uh, or was the 2008 tour the farewell tour? I'm not sure. I don't know if it was actually, I think the, the, uh, the ZZ top pretenders thing might've been billed as like a farewell tour kind of thing, but I don't know. Okay. For some reason I thought there was like the ZZ top tour. And then I thought in 2013, there was a farewell tour. I could, I could be totally wrong, but anyways. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, Maybe I forget. I think 2018, they started playing shows again, and then they recorded for 
the 40th anniversary released May 24th, 2019, an incredible, incredible comeback record called 40. This album is exactly what you want from the Stray Cats. It's the perfect celebration of 40 years. The spirit of classic Stray Cats is alive on this album. And it was recorded like live in the studio as, you know, as it should be like all three of them standing next to each other, standing side by side as they're recording the tracks, like just probably like they did back in the day. It's great. It feels like they never left. Like they don't sound tired or anything. They sound alive and vibrant. So I think this is a great record. What did you think, you know, after so long without a new studio record, like what, what were your thoughts when this came out? I love it. I mean, I'm extremely biased. It's my favorite band. So just to get something new from them uh, for the first time in like almost 20 years is, was amazing. The, the one thing I'll say is I don't think the songwriting is as good as it was in the 80s, obviously. I think the way Setzer works now is he, he doesn't really write lyrics anymore. He has a, a friend, uh, it, what's his name, Tommy Hiddleston, maybe? Yeah, he writes, yeah. He writes the lyrics and then Setzer puts music to it. So, I mean, it's a little disjointed that way it doesn't sound like a classic stray cats record but i mean the playing is amazing there's some good stuff on it cat fight over a dog like me is great clever lyrics on that one uh there's some good lee rocker stuff on it one of my favorite songs is the one he does he does a song uh when nothing's going right on this album which is really good but i mean i was so excited this album was coming out and yeah it, it didn't disappoint i played it all so that summer 2019 you know Nice. Yeah, it is a fun listen, but I am glad you said what you said, because I was listening to this, too, this week, and I was thinking, especially towards the back half of the album, man, a lot of these could be like the Setzer solo songs, because no. those Setzer solo albums have a very specific sound to them, like, lyrically and music musically, because, like, and I, and I see that what you're talking about now, like, he, he formed the song around a set of lyrics, which yeah. you know, isn't a bad thing, but there's, it's, it's, there's still good stuff here, but it, it is different. I don't think they're quite as vibrant maybe as something on like rant and rave or built for speed but it's still a cool record like you said when nothing's going right that's an incredible song i like uh rocket off a lot i think that's just you know, the lyrics you know rocket off brother rocket off that's great stuff uh desperado is a really cool instrumental um i like devil train a lot and mean pick and mama yeah just a solid record i think for my favorite i'm gonna go when nothing's going right give lee a spotlight <laughs>
what could I pick as a favorite off this? I could, I that would, I could pick that one as well. But just to be different, I'm gonna go three times a charm. I like that one. There's a story where, uh, where I think when they're making this record, Slim Jim was like, Brian, you got to write a song like Gene Vincent. I mean, write one of those Gene Vincent rockabilly songs. And that's what he came up with with uh, Three Times a Charm. I saw her once, twice, three times. Walking down the street looking so fine. She was rocking. Yeah, man, she was rocking. Finally talked her into taking a ride She was shocking I mean her figure was shocking I walked the fire along You know three times a charm Nice, nice, yeah Picking a least favorite um, I'll, I'll be looking out for you, I think Just because looking at the track list That's the one I know the least <laughs> Yeah, towards the end of the record, there's a, there's one song I don't like, actually. It might be Devil Train. There's one that just has a weird kind of melodic part to it I can't really grab onto. It might be that one, Devil Train, I want to say, maybe. Yeah, yeah, but e- e- even with that, this is still a really solid record, especially this late in their career. Like, I'm happy we have this. I'm happy they made this record because... Yeah, terrible well, packaging, though. I don't like the, the cover. They could have yeah. it on a lot better. Like, this is a total, like, Photoshop yeah. <laughs> guy on... <laughs> The gatefold is great. Like, there's some good stuff in there. There's some great photos. The uh, the gatefold is good, but just that cover is kind of yeah. Like, if they could, I know they wanted to put the cat on there, but they could have done up something better, I think, than that. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I, like I, I the think... super deluxe edition. Oh, kind of like some postcards, bonus tracks, stickers, and shit. Nice. It's in a nice box. Really cool. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. So good release. Uh, great to have them back. I have no idea if they'll do another record. I'd love it if they did. I think it'd be great if they made another record. But uh, as it stands now, this is a good good record to end it on. I think this is a great record. For sure, yeah. One more. They put out a record following this, the uh, the live album of the tour, yep. which was great. I mean, as it stands right now, that was still the last concert I was at. I haven't been to any kind of post-COVID shows. And uh, August 2019, I saw the Stray Cats uh, live on that tour in uh Vienna, West Virginia, is that it? The Wolf Trap place. Oh, wow. And I was, and that was on on the way home from. I was just at Rock and Pod three, and then after Rock and Pod three, I went to Memphis Sun Studios to record a couple of my songs, and then on the way home, might as well go see the Stray Cats, right? So it yeah. was the perfect. It was a perfect like six day trip road trip, which was a kick ass. You know, ending with that Stray Cats concert in West Virginia. The live album is pretty much, a, a, you know, the full show. The set list was great. Perfect set list. 90 minutes, 20 songs. Had some deep cuts. All the hits. Uh, it's a phenomenal show. And the, the live album delivers too. Live album is just as good as the show. Yeah. Hell yeah. So, sorry, I, I, got, I got distracted. We have, we have a visitor. I'll, I'll edit it out later. What, what do you need? I have food. Okay. Okay. We'll, we'll be done soon. Okay. All right. I can't guarantee it will be there. <laughs> All right. Like, tax me, tax me. Okay. Cool. But yeah, I yeah, that sounds like a hell of a way to end a trip, man. That's yeah, I, I'd love to see them live. I haven't seen them live yet. Uh, I've seen Lee, and I'm going to see Slim Jim in in November. But I'm hoping to knock out a straight catch show in the future. And Brian, I think, just said in an interview, he wants to do more. He feels like they didn't do enough. Yeah, I saw that too. He did an interview. Uh, was I listening to on Sirius on somebody's show? Uh, was it might have been a sports show and he was talking about yeah he wants to do another stray cats tour because he's, he said they were just getting going and they kind of 
you know, they did a European tour for 40 and then they came back to the States and they only did like 10 shows. So that's why I was like, I gotta, I gotta go, I got a road trip down to this. And it just kind of worked out that I was able to, you know, hook it up there with my Memphis Nashville trip as well. Nice. But I'd love another Stray Cats trip, uh, tour, you know? Yeah. And that live record is great too. That was, uh, that was another one kind of like when I was jumping in, that's what, uh, Slim Jim was on that podcast talking about was that live record. So yeah, I, I, I think of that record fondly. It's a, it was kind of like the first way I heard certain songs. Like it was the first way I heard Gene and Eddie. It was the first way I heard blast off. So yeah, I love that. They were good too. They were like, you know, I've seen them. So I've seen them solo a bunch of times, you know, besides the straight cats show and, uh, Seeing them live together really showed that, like, wow, when these three guys get together, it just goes to a whole new level, right? Like, Setzer's amazing, no matter who he plays, but he's just an incredible musician. You know, Lee Rocker's got his thing together these days. Slim Jim, I love the guy, right? He's one of my favorite drummers, but he doesn't, his bands that he puts together are kind of half-assed, right? So if you go see him, just focus on Slim Jim and try and block out <laughs> his wife, bass player, and whoever he picks up on guitar. <laughs> Cause I mean, he's playing Stray Cat songs and it's just like, it's nowhere near on the same level. But when I saw him with the cats, it was like, holy shit. It's like Brian and Lee kind of bring Jim up to their level when they're, when they're playing together. And they had this, they have this vibe when those, you know, every good band has chemistry, right? When you get these, this, this mix of people together, it just turns into something else. Right. So, and that's exactly what it was seeing the Stray Cats live on stage and, yeah, they're amazing rockabilly band. One of the best band live bands ever, you know. Yeah. That's are jumping over all those, you know, running around with that Gretsch guitar and Slim Jim like jumping off his drums and yeah. Lee Rocker slapping that bass. And he's a little guy and he picks it up and he plays it like cross like sideways. his legs sideways. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, I like one of the things that stands out in my mind, like an image I see in my head so clearly is when I saw him and he started windmilling his bass like he was Pete Townsend playing a guitar. I thought that yeah, was yeah. so cool. He'll take his fist and he'll just start smacking the, the, yep. the <clears throat> neck board with the hands. And stuff yep. like that. Yeah, he's, he's incredible. incredible. And I agree with you. That's a, also a mark of a great band. Like when there's that unquantifiable magic that you, you can't get anywhere else. Like, so like the solo shows are great. And Brian, you know, I'm sure it's incredible on his own too, even though I've never seen him, but there is a magic there. I, that I, I can even see it like just through watching live clips. They have a chemistry that they don't have with anyone else. So oh, I yeah. you more. see the Stray Cats live on stage playing Rock This Town. It'll, it's, it's a beautiful thing, man. It's like, it's doesn't compare to sets or doing it solo or Lee Rock or doing it solo. It's you got to have the three guys to really yep. get the, uh, the sweet spot, you know? Yep. Yeah, I'll, I'll try and focus on Slim Jim when I go see see him live. I, I, I watched a few videos on YouTube and I got the, that vibe you were talking about. Uh, he just uses pickup bands. Like, he, I don't know. It's it's what it is. It is what it is, right? He's probably just playing a little dive bar or something that's like that. Exactly, that's exactly what it is. It's yeah, this tiny and he just gets club. local guy. He gets his, he's playing with his wife is that Jenny V from uh, Eagles of Death Metal, right? Oh, okay. So, I mean, she's a bass player in that band, but she's not really a rockabilly bass player. So she just kind of, He's just having fun playing with his wife on stage and yeah. let's, let's play some rockabilly covers, you know, and I think he'll sing like rock this town at the end of the night. <laughs> so yeah. you, get to, you get to hear Slim Jim sing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's, I love the set list. There's like four Stray Cat songs and then like some Carl Perkins, some Gene Vincent. So I figured, all right, it'll be a fun night on the town, like a little early birthday present for myself. So yeah, I, I'll go see him and who knows, maybe I'll get to shake his hand after the show or something. It'll be great. Yeah. He's a cool cat, man. So to bring it all home, what do the Stray Cats mean to you? Like, like, why are they your favorite band? Like, what keeps you coming back to them all these years later? Well, it's my favorite type of music, rockabilly music. There's some rockabilly music just gets in my blood. It just makes me feel good, you know, just that bounce, that swing, the rock and roll. 
and it's the Stray Cats. They're the best band that's ever played this music, you know, on, on earth. And you know, I've been a huge fan since 82. They're definitely my number one favorite band. You know, if, whenever, whenever anybody asks me that, it's always the Stray Cats. You know, uh, <laughs> I don't know, like the music. I love the style. I think they look cool. I love the hair. You know, I try to dress like them. You know, <laughs> it's great stuff. I love everything about the band. You know, I love Setzer's my favorite guitar player. Slim Jim is like one of my favorite drummers. Lee Rocker is an amazing bass player. I love them individually. I love them to get together. I don't know. What more can I say? They can do no wrong with me, man. I just love that music. It holds up for me. It just really, uh, I don't know, there's certain songs, certain type of music, certain bands that just, they mean something to you. They just get under your skin. They just have that sort of, just that. I don't know, that unexplainable thing, that je ne sais quoi, it just kind of attracts you, right? Like, I just feel like I'm one of them. I just connect with that music, you know? That's beautiful, man. Yeah, I love hearing, I love hearing stuff like that. Thank you so much for doing this. This was an absolute blast. I wanted to, like, like we've been on a few live streams together, and I can just tell you're great. I love your passion for music. It's infectious. So thank you for coming on and talking about the Stray Cats. I really appreciate it, brother. My pleasure. Anytime. I love it, man. Rock and roll. Hell yeah. So next time for sure, like we'll, we'll, there will be a next time. I think sometime we got to do figure out a way to talk about Johnny Cash because he's great too. But uh, just, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Just to yeah. wrap it all up, uh, you've got your podcast. You've also got Moon Violet Music. Uh, plug whatever you want to plug at the end, whether it's the podcast or, or your band. Like, talk a bit. Uh, we'll check out the podcast, Tramps Like Us, the Bruce Springsteen podcast. It's on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you found podcasts. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of Bruce Springsteen content, but like I said, the rocking and rolling and whatnot. There's some side episodes where I talk about non-Springsteen rock and roll topics. I just did one, an episode, uh, tribute to Charlie Watts, who's my favorite drummer. And uh, I really love that episode. I encourage people to listen to that. And if you want to uh, dive deeper into the early days of the Stray Cats, I did an episode a couple of years ago. Uh, I think it's called Stray Cat Stories. And I spoke with uh, a, a friend of theirs, a, a guy that was their road manager back in the early 80s. And he shared some stories. So we talked about the Stray Cats there. So uh, people can check that out. And if you want to hear some great rockabilly music by myself, uh, check out my song Train to Heartbreak by Lee McCormick. Uh, that's the song I recorded at Sun Studio that I was speaking about earlier. And you can hear that at uh, moonviolet.com it's on youtube uh you can you can find it on spotify you can buy the song on apple apple uh, music all that stuff too so check it out rockabilly rules okay hell yeah thanks so much lee uh till next time man i'm the sly dog peace love rockabilly rock and roll
Thank you for listening to the Sly Dog Music Cast. If you want to know what's going on, follow me on Twitter at Sly Dog Music Cast or Facebook at Sly Dog Music Cast. Thanks again for listening. Peace, love, and